Good evening and welcome to the NFL Draft. Tonight, we officially welcome the next generation of players. So if you're ready, are you ready? Let's get it started. The NFL Draft is officially open. Draft Podcast. I am Trevor Sikama. With me is everybody's favorite headband wearing on the news appearing Sixers fan, Benjamin Solak. But before we get to exactly why, uh, that's Ben's name for this episode of the podcast. Got to tell people about what we got coming up today. It's another episode of the NFL Antarctica Invitational Draft, where we are essentially going through the NFL division by division, trying to form the best starting 22, which is 11 on offense, 11 on defense, from the four teams in each division, find out which team is the most talented, and then put them up against each other head-to-head in tournament format. If you want to know exactly why it's the Antarctica Invitational, well, global extinction is on the line. That's all I'll say, and you got to go back to the very first episode of the series and listen to exactly what goes into why we are saving the world and uh, how we're doing it with NFL teams here. So that's that's basically what we're doing today. We've got the AFC South, which are the Tennessee Titans, Houston Texans, Indianapolis Colts, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. But before we get into a little bit of a preview of those teams and then get to drafting, Ben, my friend, how was the Sixers game? It was delicious. Sixers in five. I've said this many times. Uh, you may notice a little bit of a rasp to my voice. Uh Yeah. Yep. Uh, I yelled a lot of things about Russell Westbrook that I wish I could take back. But oh, my no, first live very, game. Very, very nice things, I'm sure. Yes. Only only very nice things. Only nice things. Uh, it was my first live game it, that I was attending as like a fan and not a media member in over two years. And I forgot what it feels like to yell at a ref. Oh, what a, what a feeling. What elation. <laughs> Just ref makes a bad call. It's a bang, bang play. There's no way of knowing just how bad it was until we get to watch the extremely slow motion replay, and then we get to watch it, and then it was a bad call, and he knows it, but we get to tell him about it for a long time, for a while. That's the other good thing about basketball games. Football game, bad bad penalty, all right, next play, whatever. Basketball game, somebody's shooting two free throws. So we get all that time, just be like, hey, you made a mistake on national television, and I, I, I'm going to damage your self-esteem about it, which is not healthy, but... It was nice to be back. Speaking, uh, so I yelled at a lot of refs. Spe- I was yeah, just going to say, good. speaking of national television, actually, it wasn't national it was television. It was not national yeah, it was, it was, television. Yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was local. It was local television. But if you go to Ben's Twitter account right now, at Benjamin Solak, you will see his profile picture is of him wearing shades, a oddly placed headband, yeah. <laughs> a cross necklace, a Sixers shirt, and there is a giant microphone in front of his face, and I need you to explain to the people <laughs> how in the world you got caught up in this. I hate. Why do these things happen to me? Okay, your they, brother. Your brother's looking so cool next to you with the shades and the snapback. Great. Okay, so here's what. I, before this photo was taken, I was making fun of Nico because my brother's like a magpie. He just like takes things from places. None of the clothing he's wearing is his own. It's my sister's sweater. It's my hat. It's my sister's glasses. His shirt underneath is his buddy's shirt. He doesn't own any of these clothes. Well, it looks yeah. amazing. <laughs> he, he dresses himself better with other people's things than I do with my own things. What a statement. I So if anybody knows the, the, the uh, stadium campus in Philadelphia, um, you know, Citizens Bank Park is there. The link is there. And then Wells Fargo Center is where the Sixers play. And then there's Xfinity Live, which is like a fan experience kind of bar place where you can just like go hang out before games. There's watch parties there, and it's great. Uh, we arrived kind of early because I, I flew in, and so we didn't really have anything to do. We went, we went and got food, and then we were just going to walk around and hang out, go walk around FDR Park. We went to Xfinity Live to use the restroom, and they were just giving out free stuff because they kind of just do that all the time. It's just like free Sixers stuff. And they had like pennants, and they had towels, and they also had – because it's, it's, yeah, it's Pride Month, it's LGBTQ Pride Month, they had rainbow headbands and armbands. And I was like, you, at, people who know the podcast know me, there's no way I'm not putting that on, because that's just fun, right? It's just like, it's a good time. 
the headband was made for a 10-year-old, maybe. Uh, it was unbelievably tight. And initially, it was at an appropriate position on my head, but it just was really tight. And so it just progressively went further and further back on my head. I did not know I looked like this. Nico and I went on like a 30-minute walk, my brother Nico, uh, and FDR Park. It was very nice. And we're walking back to the car. We're going like, to charge our phones a little bit in the car and just wait for, for Wells Fargo to open. And as we're walking... Uh, by Wells Fargo Center, there's a, 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 a news lady talking to two guys, and we're like, oh, that's cool. She's talking to those people. We don't know what's going on. So we just keep walking. And then all of a sudden, she's, she just calls out. She's like, hey. And we like, turn around. And she walks up, and she doesn't go, can I interview for you for the local news? She doesn't go, would you like to be on the local news? She doesn't go, like, hi, I'm Kevin, Brittany. She's a woman. She just goes, hi, I'm Channel Kevin? 6. I'm Channel 6. I'm Channel 6. I think she said, I am Channel 6. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Bold. She's very ambitious. And then she says, you guys are here for full capacity. We were like, yeah. And then all of a sudden, the camera was just up. And she was like, you guys worried? <laughs> and we were like, we're, no, like, you, like not really. We're going to wear masks. We're going to be good. We're going to be responsible. Follow guidelines. And in my head, I'm like, this is the, this is not good. I don't oh know what I look gosh. like. There's no way it's good. And I'm thinking to myself, just give bad answers. Just give very, like, you know, she's like, oh, like, you excited about full capacity? I was like, yeah, fans make the game great. Excited to yell. Like, I just, like, they very, like, not usual band. Like, I wasn't like, woohoo, podcast voice. It's like, answer. There's Nico and I, it, it takes 45 seconds. We feel like we've been ambushed. We have no idea who this person was. And so we walk away. We don't even, like, talk about it. We just, like, resumed our conversation. We didn't tell anybody. Like, oh, we got interviewed. And then all of a sudden, my sister's in-laws were staying with them that night because they live outside of Philadelphia. And my my sister's mother-in-law is a very, very, very sweet lady. Is like texting us the whole plan for like how we're gonna be able to go and get inside their house and sleep for like four hours and whatever. And she's being very sweet and like, oh, like go up the steps and to your right, there'll be this. Like she's like, doing classic like mother-in-law stuff. And then all of a sudden she just sends a text where it just says, oh, and I just saw you on the news while I was typing this. And I was like, <laughs> what? And I opened Twitter and lo and behold, Several people have added me with what is unquestionably the single worst photo I've ever taken. <laughs> Trevor, my I like legit. You look it out. you look like a fool. I I, lo I love you, but you look like a fool. I mapped it out, and my face, like eyebrows to chin, cover twenty five percent. Wow, of the actual surface area of my head in this photograph. <laughs> I, I look like Beavis and Butthead. It's like my eyes and my mouth are two inches apart. And then the rest of my head is just a giant. I'm sunburned right now. You know I'm sunburned right now. I don't know how they made me look this white. Because I am bright red right now. Somehow this is worse. And also the screen grab is at the most unfortunate time. And oh, a headband built for a child. Well, it's so bad. It's the worst photo ever. And that is really saying something because every photo of me on the internet is terrible. Oh my gosh. I'm just staring at it the whole time you're explaining this story. Look how my face is. Why is my forehead so big? Who decided that was okay? Somebody uh somebody on Twitter said that you now have the the open the open chest nipple picture on the boat, and now you have this one. So they said you're currently up two to zero on me when it comes to these kinds of pictures. And I said, you know what? He can take the series. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. I'm he up. can take it. I'll tell. I don't even want a gentleman sweep. Just there sweep are, me. There are multiple photos of me that my buddies have that I have told them like you you cannot put this on the internet because I cannot deal with the with with the way it will be memed because I just my ability to look fat and weird under all camera <laughs> angles is parallel to none. It's it's un. I hate having my photograph taken. You know this because we were, we had photographs taken when we were in L.A. because I just no matter what I do I always end up looking. so somewhat like a total idiot and i think maybe that's trying to tell me something that i'm not picking up on but there you go yes my new profile photo is the single worst photo of me that has ever been taken and i'm sure the record will be beat this time next year i think you look handsome and cool at all times but <laughs> what a story Thanks, that bro. was at, you know at the end of it six and five as you've often said we have the afc south today this is the team. This is the division we're drafting. I already said it's the Titans, the Colts, the Jaguars, and the Texans. And Ben, I'm not gonna lie to you. We might 
we might have our first donut representation for a team when it comes to the Houston Texans, depending on how we argue a couple of these positions. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't. Okay. All right. You got a lot more confidence than I do. Mm-hmm. Got a lot more confidence. This this is such a strange division. I wanted to leave this one for the end of the week because it's going to get weird. It's going to get wacky. Uh, if you haven't listened to this before, the way that we have this lineup is we go quarterback, running back, three wide receivers, tight end, two offensive tackles, three interior offensive linemen. We give ourselves a little creativity there. We go two edge rushers, two interior defensive linemen, although like we got a little creative on the last episode as well when we put Leonard Williams in as a uh, as an edge player, we initially thought that he was more of an interior defensive lineman, but we wanted to get the best guys in there. It's kind of what this exercise is all about. Two off-ball linebackers, a flex position, two corners, two safeties. We're just trying to form the best team that we possibly can. At the end, we also draft head coach, offense coordinator, and defense coordinator. Injuries are turned off because we have that power now. Let's start with the quarterback position. For the Tennessee Titans, we have Ryan Tannehill. For the Indianapolis Colts, we have Carson Wentz. For the Houston Texans, we have Deshaun Watson. Still a member of the Houston Texans. Um, then after him, we got Tyrod Taylor, Jeff Driscoll, Davis Mills. Then for the Jacksonville Jaguars, we got Trevor Lawrence and Gardner Mitchell. I'll throw yeah. out Gardner Mitchell's. And C.J. Beathard. C.J. Beathard's there. Yeah, I don't know about you. I have really no interest in drafting Deshaun. At this stage, right? I, I don't, don't either. Uh, I don't either. Yeah, I think it's unlikely Deshaun plays again. Yep, given where we currently are. Um, I, I just, I, I can't even make that that statement. I have, I have no idea what right. is going to happen with Deshaun Watson. Not just as a member of the Houston Texans, but also as a player in the National Football League. Uh, yeah. So to me, I'd love to make a Trevor Lawrence case, and it'd be very fun. I think that he's clear top two options in the division. Uh, with that said, the problem here is that Tannehill has been really good the past couple of seasons. And a lot of that is the Arthur Smith offense. And I think that him playing in the Todd Downing offense is going to, there's going to be a drop back and there's going to be less play action and no Corey Davis, no John o. Smith. And I think that mm-hmm. we're going to see more of real Tannehill. But at this stage, if I'm trying to win a game in one season, I'd rather take what Tannehill is now. Right rather than what we think Lawrence is going to be in his first season in the league. Uh, very tough to argue with Tannehill's intermediate deep accuracy, uh, his performance on long and late downs. Uh, it, it's not – a lot of it is that offense, but it's not just that offense. He's playing pretty well. Uh, so I'm going to give the edge to Ryan Tannehill here, though if you want to make a big T-Law case, I'll listen to it. No, I, I, I'm, okay. I'm not going to make a big Trevor Lawrence case. I mean – I think Micah Parsons was kind of clearly the linebacker that we were going to choose for the NFC East. And even then I was like, man, a rookie. It just, when you think about this exercise and Ben and I are trying to keep in mind the spirit of what exactly this is. It's so hard to bring a rookie who's never played against this level of competition before in a global extinction on the line kind of tournament. So I don't know, man, I I just, I, I can't in all good consciousness, put a rookie, even as as one as good as Trevor Lawrence in this group, especially for as good as Ryan Tannehill has been over the last couple of years. I mean, I, I, I think it's, if you ask me, it's closer of a debate to who we would take between Lawrence and Carson Wentz than it is who, who would take Tannehill's spot at the top. Mm. That's what I think. I have no idea what Carson Wentz is. Right, no but we, we also have no idea what Trevor Lawrence is. And right, but- in terms of what we've most recently seen. I know, I know, I know, right. I know, I know. But anyways, we're going we're going with Ronnie Tannehill here. For running back, uh, Derek Henry. Yeah, not bad. Not a bad choice there. Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines from the Indianapolis Colts. David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram, Rex Burkhead from the Houston Texans. And then for the Jacksonville Jaguars, we've got James Robinson and Travis. The wronged Etienne. James Robinson. The wrong James Robinson? The wrong duh, James Oh, the wrong duh. The rightful RB1 in Jackson. As in, he has been wronged. Yes. All right, it's Derrick Henry. Yes, it's Derrick Henry. A good division for running back play, though. It is. Yeah, it's not bad. We have have, have a lot to choose from. Wow, two in? We got two Titans right here. I have a feeling that we're going to get another Titans player in here with the wide receiver group. Titans are boasting. A.J. Brown, Josh Reynolds. I think just boasting A.J. Brown. 
It's, yeah, we got AJ. Yeah, hey, listen. It's going to be great. Josh Reynolds Hive, don't you ever forget about it. Don't you ever forget. For the Indianapolis Colts, we got T.Y. Hilton. We got Michael Pittman Jr. We got Paris Campbell. For the Houston Texans, we've got DeAndre Hot. Sorry. Uh, we have Andre Ooh. Roberts. We have Randall Cobb. We have Brandon Cooks. We have Nico Collins. We got Kiki Cutie. And for the Jacksonville Jaguars, we've got DJ Chark, Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault. So this is like wide receiver has always been hard. This one feels weirdly easy, right? Are you saying that there are three non-negotiables? I wouldn't say it's non-negotiable. I think there's four guys in the conversation, but I think the top three are clear. Go ahead. No way AJ Brown's not in it. Non-negotiable. Right? No way DJ Chark's not in it, right? I would pretty much say non-negotiable, yes. And then you have Brandon Cooks and T.Y. Hilton. And Cooks is a player whose national recognition gets a little bit shaky because of how much he's been traded. But let's not get this twisted he has had five 1000 yard receiving seasons the last he, six years he's also been traded for first round picks like every time <laughs> right this, guy this, just keep guy just keeps getting dealt for premium picks right and so now you know i i, I mentioned that ty hillen of his own right very good ball player uh he's had a thousand yard he's had five thousand yard receives receiving seasons in the last eight years he hasn't hit that number in each of the last two seasons he's a little bit older as well i want to say he's two years older uh yeah he's two years older than brandon cooks is so to me i would i think a ty pick is perfectly defensible but i would edge brandon cook for the third spot i would agree with you that was that that was kind of the this is this was the question mark one for the texans we have we have one coming up here with the offensive line that i think is is we could get in more easily, but I wondered where we were going to fall here at wide receiver to see if we could get a, a houston texas in there but I agree. I think that Brandon Cooks is that third wide receiver in. Yeah. T.Y. Hilton, for as much as I think that he was fine last year, I think a lot of people were like, oh, he's washed, he's terrible, he'll never produce again. I definitely was not that far into it. But it was clear that he just was not as, as effective as he was in previous seasons. So there's still plenty to like about T.Y. Hilton. I think he brings a lot to the table. But if you're asking me, I'm definitely picking Brandon Cooks. So these were the three that I would have gone with as well. If yeah. these are your top three, then we got to lock these guys in. By this time next year, baby, LaVisca's in this conversation. Let's go. Yeah, I think so. Let's maybe, go. Maybe, maybe Michael Pittman's in this conversation, too. No, I don't shut know. up. Don't know. It's, it's LaVisca. Okay. I, I'm not disagreeing with you here. I'm just throwing other names out there. I'm excited for young football players. Could never be me. Yeah, could never be young you. football players. Tight ends. For the Tennessee Titans, we've got Anthony Ferkser. For the Indianapolis Colts, we got Mo Ali Cox and Jack Doyle. Houston Texans, we got Jordan Akins, Farrell Brown. And then for the Jacksonville Jaguars, we have Chris Manhurts, Luke Farrell, James O'Shaughnessy, and that's right, Tim freaking Tivo. It's not a great division for tight ends here, Trev. This one's obviously Tivo. Say again? I said this one's obviously Tivo. Who would who, legitimately who to me there is one that I want, but I'm not sure it's the same guy you'd want. I think it's I don't I think it's Anthony Ferkser. All right, make the case. I just think he's a good receiver. I, I just think that if it's an exercise where we're trying to score as many points as we can against other divisions that we know are probably gonna have stronger offenses, I like the idea of getting the better receiver here than more of like an all around guy that we might get outside of, or, or around the division. So Ferkser was much more of the receiving tight end when it was him and Johnny Smith. I saw him line up in the slot a lot, so you get versatile with where you align him. That's that's kind of where I'm leaning when I look at this tight end group. Ferkser is maxed out. His best season was last season. Uh, and he had 39 catches for 387 yards. Like you're saying he cannot physically do any better than that? No, I'm saying, I'm saying his, his his peak to this point. Okay, because you made it sound like he yeah, no, will I, I, never. I, I realized as I was saying it, I was misspeaking. <laughs> he will never achieve greatness beyond what he achieved <laughs> last year. Now, it's worth noting. He's physically he, incapable. He isn't credited with starts, but he took roughly the same amount of snaps that Johnny did. Um, In every season save for one in which Jack Doyle 
has started at least 10 games. He's outproducing Anthony Ferkser as a receiver. And he's a better blocker. Mm, yeah, you're right. You're right, you're right. Jack you're right. Doyle is one of my, like, top-tier football guy appreciation TM dudes where it's like, listen, the stats will never be amazing, and he's not elite at anything. But boy, does he just do the little things well. Oh, look at him with a, with good, appropriate leverage footwork on the stick route. That's how you get a six yard gain, baby. You know what I mean? Like he's just he's just good. Like he's just fine, and he's just good, and he just does what he's supposed to do in a good way. And he doesn't have high caliber athleticism, but he's not a liability. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call him like a playmaker in terms of catch radius or tackle breaking ability, but he can sneak up on you and he can, he can make a tough grab. I don't think that he's like a road grader, but I think he can get the job done in the trenches. I think Jack Doyle is just like so acceptable. And the the Colts gave him $21 million over three years, so they really like him in the building. So I think it's Jack Doyle. I don't hate it. I would, I'm not super convicted on Anthony Furkser. I just thought if we needed somebody to lean back on, I would have trusted him in the passing game, especially with Ryan Tannehill as his quarterback, because I think that we could bring that into the occasion if we want, but uh, the equation, not occasion. Although this is an occasion. I'm fine yeah. with Jack Doyle. I wasn't really convicted either way on tight ends. Yeah. So I wasn't it, sure if you were going to be or not, but to me, I want Jack. Give me okay. give me Jack football guy, Jack right. Doyle. Okay. All right, you seem pretty convicted on this one. Offensive tackles. For the Tennessee Titans, we got Taylor Lewan. We got Kendall Lamb, Dylan Radens. Indianapolis Colts, Eric Fisher, Sam Tevy, Braden Smith, Houston Texans, Laramie Tunsil, Titus Howard, Charlie Heck. I'm only saying that name out loud because it's a name I totally forgot about. Love Charlie. Jacksonville's got Cam Robinson. They got Juwan Taylor. That's it. All right, there we go. That's our list. To me, the best tackle here, left or right, is Laramie Tunsil. I think he's yep. got to be in. Yep. Right. So we, yeah, when you you were saying we might get a donut, I was like, I was like, I can get it argued off Brandon Cooks, but I definitely thought Laramie Tunsil had to be. Well, in. This is the one that I didn't. I wasn't like emphatically saying that we're not going to get one in because I was like, I don't think we're going to reach a world where Laramie Tunsil is not getting in this exercise. So this is the this is the one that I potentially locked in to save the Houston Texans from not being represented in this tournament. Congrats to the Houston Texans. Wow. You're not. Huge completely ups. bottom feeder pitiful. I mean, you are, but yes, but it's not as bad as it could be. I would have loved for right tackle to be Jawan Taylor. I think what we started to see in 2019 was really uh, encouraging, especially down the end stretch. I thought he plateaued a little bit last year. Uh, I still think Jawan's a solid right tackle. I think he'd be a really good right tackle. It's Braden Smith. Who's the who's the better guy? And and Luan is a good tackle. Mm-hmm. I like Cam Robinson as well. They both play on the left side. I don't think Luan is good enough. If he is better than Braden Smith, then I would take him over take him switching sides to right tackle over Braden Smith, who I think is already a pretty doggone good right tackle. Yeah, that's kind of where I was leaning to. I, yeah. I feel like Taylor Luan's got the bigger star power. He's got the more notable name. And he like, he's a good offensive tackle. I don't want to take that away, but Braden Smith already plays right. And I just think that he's the he's the more correct pick here. If we're putting yeah. Tunsil left tackle, yeah. So and I, also, I, I agree like, with you. I know this is not the point of the exercise, but more people need to be aware of how good Braden Smith is. Right, he he's plays, he's, he's just really quietly good. very good. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And also, they need to be aware of it because I was high on Braden Smith coming out, so now I'm personally okay. invested. There in. we go. Okay. Yeah. Never, yeah. 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 Never. All right. Never mind. Never mind. Everybody, I take it all back. Forget about Braden Smith. Don't recognize him at so whatsoever. Yeah, well, guess what? I was also high on Javon Taylor, so bigger poison. At interior offensive line for the <laughs> Tennessee Titans, we got Ben Jones, Nate Davis, Roger Saffold. For the Indianapolis Colts, we got Quinn Nelson, Ryan Kelly, Mark Lewinsky, Houston Texans, we got Justin Britt, Max Sharping, Marcus Cannon, and then for the Jacksonville Jaguars, we got AJ Can, we got Brandon Linder, we got Andrew Norwell. Yeah, that's it. All right, that's it for those. I thought we'd get another name in there, but that was it. All right, non-negotees. Quentin Nelson. Yeah, baby, easiest <laughs> question ever. 
Anybody else? Non-negotiable. Anybody else? Uh, I think I think it's a no. Yeah. If I, if Zach Martin were still in this division, I'd tell you Zach Martin. Here's the thing about the Houston Texans. They get rid of their good players. Got rid of Zach Martin. Yeah, they get rid of their good players. Yeah, don't want good players in the building. No. This is actually a very weird one, and if we get yelled at for our picks, I won't be surprised because. All of the Jacksonville interior is good. Right. But is arrow point down a little bit. All of the Titans interior is good. But I think that the guy I prefer between the three of them is not the one that everybody else would prefer. And the Colts, Ryan Kelly is is also good. But there's a lot of just goods here. And unfortunately, it's tough to find guys where you're like really – to me, are, are hang your hat dudes. The way I would personally build it, would I, I would want to get Nate Davis, the right guard from Tennessee, in. Who I think Nate Davis was a, a fourth-round pick out of Charlotte a couple years ago. Has come on really, really nicely. Was a tackle. Uh, has kicked inside the guard. Uses his length well. Something you got to learn how to do at guard. Has real stopping power. He's a road grader. When it, it, it's not fair to say like when Tennessee needs a pickup because they have Derrick Henry, so I think kind of do whatever they want. But whenever they need that short yardage, they usually want to run behind the right side of that line, and they want to run behind Nate Davis. Uh, not for nothing, but to be successful in those combo blocks, you got to be able to work with your center. And I think that Ben Jones is a good center. I think Brandon Linder is a good center, and I think Ryan Kelly is a good center. I'm fine with I don't think it should be Ben Jones. I think it should be Ryan Kelly or Brandon Linder. I can be talked either way. I'm, I'm inclined. I was gonna argue strongly okay. for Brandon Linder. Okay, I think cool, the Brandon cool, Linder is cool. the best choice here for center. So I, yeah, I just think then, I, he's been doing it for the longest, and he has sustained his top level of play at the position. And yeah. I, I think that Brandon Linder's right. got to be the choice. And so Roger Saffold, left guard for the Titans, deserves a mention. Uh, Andrew Norwell, left guard for the Jags, deserves a mention. Both good <sighs> ball players. Uh, Marcus Cannon now playing guard for the Texans from New England. Don't really know how to calibrate to that. Uh, all of them deserve mention. Like I said, it's a, it's a it's a weirdly everybody's good, nobody is really great group. But to me, uh, those are the three that make the most sense. Quentin Nelson at left guard, Nate Davis at right guard, Brandon Linder at center. I think I'd be arguing Andrew Norwell over Nate Davis. I don't think Norwell. I think I think we're at the we're we're currently experiencing the down swing for Norwell. I don't. I, yeah, but he's still been good, dude. Nate Davis was really good last season. Like I know I just I guess, said you're, nobody I guess you're higher on Davis's year than I was, but like I feel like Nate Davis had as good of a year as like Norwell did last year, and Norwell's already got even better years under his belt. We're trying to win games next season. That's not about accrued success. Well, I think that experience does mean a lot, and it's been one good year for Nate Davis. Do you really? You really? I guess it all comes down to, and you can sell me right here if you want to. Do you believe that last year truly was like building block? He's about to take a step on that foundation and move up another level. Because if you believe that, then I think that you're right. He might be able to play at a higher level than Andrew Norwell will, but. It was only, I think, one year that he played really well last year. Nate Davis did. So, Norwell's got multiple years of being a good, experienced guard. That's my question. Do you st- do you really think that we're about to see like really nice Nate Davis for the next couple of years? Because if so, then we'll pick him. I do. And also, the Jags had Norwell for two more years and restructured his deal such that he's there for one more year. They cut a year off his contract. Yeah, but that's, you know. That Which can, I'm, I'm saying that, they, that can mean, that can mean a lot of different building. things. He had multiple years of good guard play left. They're not doing that. Well, I mean, you're you're moving money around. It might be a little bit different. I, I'm not 100% in on that. But if you, it, I think that Davis and Norwell are similar caliber players to how they played last year. And if Davis is truly ascending, then he, I think, will achieve a higher level than Norwell, who is, like you said, getting older. He's more of a veteran now. He might be on the decline a little bit. We can go with Nate. We can go with Quentin really, Nelson, I'm Brandon really Leonard, and Nate Davis. Because when I was double-checking the Norwell contract restructure, I went to an article on SI, Jags Maven, written by John Shipley, friend of the show. And I was going to say, you were mad about that? No, and in it he says, according to Pro Football Focus, Norwell's best season as a pass blocker in Jacksonville was last season. 
Uh, Sports Info Solution had him down for two penalties and 12 blown blocks in 13 games, finishing with better efficiency rates than the year before. So, frick, Norwell did have a better season last year than he did two years ago. Okay. So, I still think it's Nathaniel. But I'm now mad that I read that because I didn't know that previously, and it is affecting my opinion. <laughs> We're going Andrew Norwell. I gave you Jack Doyle. We're going Andrew Norwell. All right. I'm excited in like a year. When everybody else is talking about, like, oh, Patrick Mahomes is good or Josh Allen's good, I'll be like, did you see Nate Davis play better than Andrew Norwell last You would 100% do that. Okay, there's and the I offensive will. side of the ball for the AFC South. We got Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, Derek Henry at running back, AJ Brown, DJ Chark, Brandon Cooks at wide receiver, Jack Doyle at tight end, Laramie Tunsil, Braden Smith at offensive tackles, and then Quentin Nelson, Brandon Linder, and Andrew Norwell with the interior line spots. Before we flip over to the defensive side, I got to ask you people, who out there doesn't like instant gratification? Anybody? We raising hand, Anybody raising their hands? I don't see any. I can't see any in the crowd. I don't see any hand raised. Well, if you're looking for satisfaction, there's no need to wait. With Credit Karma Money, you could be winning cash reimbursements for all of your debit card purchases. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements just for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursement on items of up to $5,000. All you have to do is pay with your debit card, and if you win, you will be notified on the spot, and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spending account. Right now, go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start an instant karma account. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up free. Start winning instant karma. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. We also got to let people know about the best place to shop for auto parts, and that is rockauto.com. This is a family-owned business that is serving auto parts to customers online for over two decades, 20 years here. Go to rockauto.com and shop for all the auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. The catalog is super easy to, to navigate. It's very unique exactly to what your car or truck is going to need. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always very reliably low. It's the same for professionals as it is all those do-it-yourselfers out there. There's no reason to spend up to twice as much for the same part. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all of the parts they have available for your car or truck and write locked on NFL draft in their little how did you hear about us box. It's on the website. So they know that we sent you their way. It'd help out. They know that we're reading the ads correctly. They got an amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the car parts you were ever going to need over at rockauto.com. Let's get into the defensive side of the football, starting with the edge rusher position, starting with the Tennessee Titans. We got Bud Dupree. We got Harold Landry. I think the other guys worth mentioning are interior guys, so that's about it. Indianapolis, Indianapolis Colts. We got Quiddy Pay. Are we counting? Okay, we got Kamoka Ture. We've got Taekwon Lewis. Uh, ben Banigou. Isaac Rochelle. Yep. These are yep. names. Houston Texans. We have Charles and Menahue. We've got Shaq Lawson. Lawson. Yep. Jonathan Grenard plays on this team? Oh, hell yeah, baby. Yeah, you got some snaps uh, late last year. Love it. We got Derek Rivers. Got Jordan Jenkins. Duke Edgefor, my son. Duke Edgefor. Wow, right there. Yep. Look at this squad. Look at this cast of characters. Demarcus Walker's on this team? This is the strangest roster I've ever seen. And the Jacksonville Jaguars have Josh Allen, the pass rusher. Don't worry, Ben. Caleb mm. on Chase on. Giad Ward. Dwayne Smoot. That's about it. All right, who are we taking? Uh, I think it's an easy one. I think Bud Dupree is probably a little overrated and a little bit overpaid, but he's, I think, still the best pass rusher in this uh, division. Harold Just Land- the, the Harold sheer Landry Shan- slander. What's that? Harold Landry slander. I'd love to have Landry in this. Do you have Landry in this? Um, no, unfortunately, no. Yeah, so Dupree, uh, a little bit overpaid, like I said, but the the athleticism plus energy combination is just a very high floor combination. And then you old Josh Allen. Yep. 
These yeah, are the two I had. Really good as a rookie. Uh, not nearly as dominant as a second-year player, but still a highly impactful pass rusher uh, who, you know, it's. I think this is the first time we've really done a, uh, like a, a clear outside linebacker sort of a construction. Right. I don't think we can get three good down linemen in this division, unfortunately. But Dupree and Allen is, is uh, thin, small, light. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, and it, it's interesting to see because, you know, teams build to beat their own divisions. It's interesting that a lot of the the defensive approaches in this division build around smaller edges. And then also there's Indianapolis. Do we need to switch it up? Like, do we need to, like, try to get three down linemen here? I mean, we can talk through it if you want. Okay. Um, I will say the one first out for me is Whitney Merciless, who's a good player, but also probably passes prime a little bit. Okay, so so you're just straight up saying Whitney Merciless is not in this exercise. I haven't even named the other names to consider, and you're just like, not nah, Whitney Merciless out. No, no, I, I wanted to say I, I, it sounded like you were transitioning to interior defensive line. I just wanted to mention Whitney Merciless because I didn't want to oh, get oh, yelled oh, at. Oh, okay, okay, okay. By Texans fans for not mentioning Whitney. Okay, Merciless. I just thought <laughs> I thought I I thought I said his name. If I didn't, I apologize. He should have been in that conversation. But I thought I you. Just, were... I just meant like as my first guy out. Yeah. Okay. I was just I <laughs> I thought you were like, we were about to do interior guys like we were about to come up with a combination for the front and you were like yep Whitney Merciless he's out I was like I haven't even named the other defensive linemen that are in this division starting with the Titans for the interior guys we've got Danico Autry we've got Dalen Mack and we got Jeffrey Simmons which is the main one there for the Indianapolis Colts we have DeForest Buckner Grover Stewart. Taekwon Lewis, I suppose I could count in this one as as well because he might be more heavy-handed guy. But Malik Collins, Ross Blacklock for the Houston Texans. Also, Jaleel Johnson's in here. I'd consider Demarcus Walker here. And then for the Jaguars, we have Devon Hamilton, Malcolm Brown, Jay Tufele, Taven Bryan, Doug Costin. That's about it. I think there's two non-negotiables. Which, yes, makes it interesting if we want to try to add a third down lineman. Correct, because Jeffrey Simmons and DeForest Buckner are one hundred percent non-negotiables. Right. So, are you familiar with Grover Stewart Hive? Yes. Yeah, hundred percent. I am. Okay. So, I I'll, I'll put it to you this way: I am not. I have not watched enough Grover Stewart. To myself, say with my chest, gotta get Grover on this team. But from what I have seen, from what I have read, Grover at the nose, I'm yeah. right. Yeah. Defoe, three four defensive end. Yeah. Jeffrey Simmons kind of also doing that, which is not okay, but it's fine. That's fine, dude. Simmons is versatile enough to do whatever the f he wants right. to do. Bud Dupree and then uh uh whatever his name is uh Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. Right, so Dupree plays my pass rush seven tech. Uh, Josh Allen can stand up, he can rush, he can drop, which is important because the linebacker depth here, again, not to skip too far ahead, but the linebacker depth here is but uh, <laughs> Miles Jack and Darius Leonard is your clear move. Right. There's no linebacker three, which we don't usually do linebacker three anyway, but we get Josh Allen, and we get Darius Leonard, and we get Miles Jack, and we can play ourselves a little zone, baby. And now we don't have to worry too much about having to get that fifth defensive back in there, which we can't now because of the numbers. But this is how we should do it. This would have been my plan as well. Okay. I mean, because the way that I have it set up here, before we get to the four players in the secondary, we've got Allen and Dupree at the edge rushers. We have DeForest Buckner, Jeffrey Simmons, Grover Stewart at the uh, three di- three down lineman spots, and then Darius Leonard and Miles Jack. I mean, I'm, I'm looking through the roster here. Titans have Rashawn Evans. They've got John Brown. They've got Monty Rice. I'm not taking any of them over the two that I named. Darius Leonard, Zaire Franklin, Bobby Okarike for the Colts. For the Texans, we got Zach Cunningham, Christian Kirksey, Kevin Pierre-Lewis, Nope. And then Jaguars is just Miles Jack, Joe Schobert. Right. And I like kind of like KPL, and I think Joe Schobert's a fine player for what he is. But, like, let's be realistic about best 
guys on the field. I think no way this, yeah, this, Stewart off this, get, this gets us the best lineup that we can from the AFC South. And I right, another thing is that I don't think, and we're going to talk about this here. I don't think the five man secondary is all that great. So if it's again, it's like take Grover Stewart off for insert fifth best defensive back here. Don't really think that fifth defensive back is better than Grover Stewart. So to me, it's all right. It's a three, four front man. Look at us building a defense, baby. <laughs> Beef. It's what's for dinner. Cornerback room. Tennessee Titans, they got Caleb Farley, our son. Janoris Jenkins, Brown Borders, Kevin Johnson, Chris Jackson, Christian Fulton, also our son, sort of. The Indianapolis Colts have Rocky Sin. They've got Xavier Rhodes. They got Kenny Moore. Oh, no. Oh no, Ben. What's that? We don't get we don't get Kenny Moore in here. We can. Uh, okay. All right. Let's, Tex, I'm playing a five nine outside corner. Tex, I'm not a coward. Texans got Vernon Hargraves, Bradley Roby. Des King. Terrence Mitchell. And then for the Jaguars, we got Trey Herndon, we got CJ Henderson, we got Shaq Griffin, we got Tyson Campbell. Okay. All right. So okay. Let let's do it this way. I think this is a fun way of doing it. Is there anybody on Houston that you actively want? The only like safety included or corners as well. Uh, let's do just corners right now. Okay. I mean, like I would consider Bradley Roby. Right. Same. Tennessee. Is there anybody? Actually, no. Jacksonville. Is there anybody on Jacksonville that you actively want? Uh, I would consider Shaq Griffin. Right. Okay, Tennessee. Is there anybody on Tennessee that you actively want? I I wish I could say Caleb Farley. Right. And then now we end up in Indianapolis. And is there any corner on Indianapolis that you actively want? I would consider Kenny Moore. It's Kenny Moore. Kenny Moore's the best cover man in this division. He is. He is. He is. There's no like, yeah, he is. He is the Kenny Moore is without a doubt the best at his position in the secondary group. In he's the best cover man in this division. Okay, all right. Who we put in? Who we put in office at Kenny Moore? Xavier Rhodes had a good season last season, but yeah. I'm not sure I fully buy it. Uh, yeah, Shaq Griffin's ball production is generally all over the place. Uh, I did like Griffin's film a fair bit when I did it in 2020, so before the 2020 season. Uh, I think he's good at the line of scrimmage guy, which is nice. It's just he's so bad at finding the football. Uh, I don't think we can take Caleb Farley realistically with the health and rookie thing considered. And right, like I think that Roby is okay. I, I think Roby is like fine for this stage in his career. I, don't I think, think Roby and Griffin are basically the same guy. Not not like talent wise. I'm saying quality. like in terms of yes, confidence of me selecting them for this position. Right. So what I would say is we do. Kenny Moore and Shaq Griffin. Now, these are two very different body types. But if we just play zone, we should be okay. Which we have Darius Leonard, so we're gonna have to play zone anyway to get the full value out of Darius Leonard because Leonard's not that great defending the run. If we're gonna be honest, so to me, we're already playing zone. So I want Kenny Moore and Shaq Griffin. Okay, dude, I love how I. I think I've just fully, completely Frankenstein to this defense, and I'm loving it. <laughs> That's definitely a term for it. All right, safeties. So we got to get the safeties. Tennessee Titans have Kevin Byard, Dane Crookshank, Amani Hooker, Elijah Molden. A nice safety group. I like it. The Indianapolis Colts have Julian Blackman, Kari Willis, George Odom, Abraham Campbell. Houston Texans got Justin Reed, Lonnie Johnson Jr., Terrence Brooks, and the Jaguars have Rudy Ford, Andrew Wingard, Andre Sisco, Rayshon Jenkins. And How? I guess I maybe, I don't know, Tyson Campbell, because they said All that. Right. Pick a fan base to upset. Indy, Houston, or Tennessee. Uh, Houston, because I feel like they won't come after our necks too hard. 
but I really like Justin Reed. Yeah, I'm not not picking Justin Reed if that's yeah, what you're we, asking me to do. We have a problem. We do have which a problem. Which is that the three good safeties are all free safeties. Julian Blackman is, is free safety for the Colts. I, I know he played a lot of like over the slot this past uh, year, but they're going to play him at free because they have no Malik Hooker anymore. Justin Reed is, is free safety, and he comes up and he plays in the slot in the box as well. And then Kevin Byers free safety. So I think the best player of the three is Byard. Yep. Agreed. A bit of a down season last season, but overall, best player of the three. Blackman, we know a little less about. The corner background is very appealing, especially considering the way our defense is currently built. We only have four defensive backs. I really do like Reed, and I think he's done it for a little bit longer. So I have a little bit more faith, a little bit more comfort taking Reed. I can be talking to Blackman, though. Well, I'm not going to talk you into Blackman. Okay. I, 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 thought... I was pretty heavily convicted on Justin Reed, Kevin Byard. As right. This is where I thought we'd end up. And so I just want, I have this statement prepared. I got Grover Stewart on your freaking defense. Don't come at me that Julian Blackman's not on this team. Indianapolis fans hate me because I'm like semi-honest about Carson Wentz and Chris Ballard. I, 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 we know Julian Blackman is good. We do. We promise. Kenny Moore is here. Grover Stewart's here. Shut up. Got Braden Smith at right tackle. Jack Doyle at tight end. This whole exercise has been me getting as many Colts on the team as possible. So when Julian Blackman's not on this team, nobody can yell at me. I don't feel that bad about it. I don't care. Uh, Packers fans, fans already hate me for keeping Zedarius off the team. Okay, yes. but that's and, by, and Robert Tunyon, I guess. They're very big mad about man. that. Uh, I love Zedarius. We don't need to relitigate Zedarius. I right just I I'm not picking him over Khalil Mack and Daniel Hunter. I'm sorry. Colts fans that I've interacted with are weirdly rabid about Julian Blackman, like because he's like the classic Chris Ballard round three uh, elite selection. You're like oh Darius Leonard, Brayden Smith, and Julian Blackman. And it's like all right, hopefully, but like Blackman hasn't done that yet, so we just need to relax for a second. Blackman's played like. Eight career games or something. So chill out. All right, there it is. That's the starting 22 for the AFC South. Uh, we, wait, we didn't come up with a mascot yet. What was the mascot for the AFC yeah, South? Yeah, we did. You just went right over it. It's fine. Okay. This time I went uh, mascot first, region second, because I Ooh, thought that, oh. that would be fun. Usually I go by the region first, and I actually had like 85,000 tabs open for the whole explanation. But then there's a chance my computer crashed in the middle of this podcast, and so I don't have the tabs open anymore. But seals are freaking cute. Six of the 35 species of seals live in Antarctica, including Weddell seals. Weddell seals are the most are the southernmost dwelling seals in the entire world. They spend the majority of their life under the ice flows in Antarctica. It's called fast ice because it like freezes and unfreezes very quickly. They can stay submerged for over an hour, and they dive up to 600 meters of depth. They're the apex predator of, like, southernmost Antarctica because the whales can't go get them there. So it's just them eating fishes and cod and having a great time. Sometimes they hunt down penguins, which is sad because penguins are cute. Uh, if they can't make – if there's no hole, natural holes in the ice, they have strong enough teeth to just bite through the ice and make little breathing holes. Uh, Weddell seals are cute. You look them up. They're really cute. Uh, they hang out in an area that's owned by Norway called Queen Maudland, and there's a bay – in Queen Maudland called Norvegia, Norvegia Bay. Norvegia is Norwegian for Norway. And so Green Bay is a place. So I'm allowed to use water structure things, oceans, okay. whatever. So the Norvegia Bay seals. How do you spell that? N-O-R-V-E-G-I-A. And I'm probably saying it wrong, but let's be honest. I've said pretty much every Antarctica thing wrong this entire show. Yeah, apparently the O'Higgins Land Minx is actually the O'Higgins Land Minkies. Minky! It's spelled <laughs> M-I-N-K-E. And I was like, that's a silent E. And then I didn't think about it again. Uh, it turns out it's not. And a mink is a little furry rodent, which is why we have a little furry rodent as one of the cover arts for one of the podcasts. All right, so for the AFC South, Norvegia Steels, correct? I said that correctly? Norvegia Bay Steels. Bay, 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 Bay. I need, sorry, yeah. I, threw, I, had throw, I got to throw Bay in there. Bay Seals. We have at quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, running back, Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, D.J. Chark, and Brandon Cooks, wide receiver, Jack Doyle at tight end. 
Laramie Tunsil, Braden Smith, Quentin Nelson, Brandon Linder, Andrew Norwell is the offensive line. Defense, things got a little crazy. We got Josh Allen and Bud Dupree playing these stand-up edge spots. We had DeForest Buckner, Jeffrey Simmons, Grover Stewart playing the interior defensive line positions. We got two linebackers, Darius Leonard, Miles Jack. The two corners are Kenny Moore and Shaq Griffin playing zone out here. And then the safeties, we got Justin Reed and Kevin Byard. For as much as I said the Texans might have no representation, they in fact had three players. Good for you, Houston. Good for you. The Jaguars had six. Titans had six. And the Indianapolis Colts were the top team with this division with seven players. So Colts fans cannot get mad at you, Ben, because they were the most represented when it came to defending the AFC South's honor. Who is going to be the head coach, offense coordinator, defense coordinator here for this squad? Ooh, I totally forgot we were supposed to do this. Um, well, I just reminded you now on the spot. Vrabel at DC, right? I mean, you you got to think about this defense we're putting out there. So are you comfortable with Vrabel? Because I am. Yeah. What are you thinking? Uh, no, that's that's who I would pick, my Vrabel. Yeah, okay. I can't even remember who the Jags DC is. Charlie Strong or something ridiculous No, like he's a no, 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 no. Strong is a, Strong's a defense assistant. Joe Collins is their defense coordinator. There it is. Uh, OC. I probably want to keep Frank Reich at head coach looking at the rest of this division. Yeah, I would keep I I I'd absolutely want Frank Reich as my head coach. I kind of want to put Urban at OC. That's who I would vote for. Which like So I would vote for. You know how we have injuries turned this off? Offense, also, this can we offense also turn off power struggles. This offense absolutely in no way, shape, or form feels like an Urban Meyer offense, but Tannehill's kind of mobile. Derrick Henry's got speed. <laughs> if we can turn off... Derrick Henry, five-star. A.J. Brown, five-star. Jack Doyle, five-star. Larry McTunsell, five-star. Quentin Nelson, five-star. office politics and power struggles, then I will take Urban at offense coordinator. Hold on. Now I'm actually looking. Was DJ Chark a five-star? Because if so, then we got a lot of five-stars on here. Nope, he was a three-star. Okay, never mind. Just kidding. Urban Meyer could never touch this team with a 10 like the lie? All right, that was a lot of fun. AFC South in the books. We only have two more teams left in this series. We have the NFC West and the AFC West. NFC West is lit, dude. I can't it's, wait. These, I think these two episodes are going to be a lot of fun. That's Tuesday and Wednesday of next week. And then on Thursday, we are going to have the official NFL Antarctica Invitational Tournament. Now, before we get to that point... You, the good people, are going to vote on whatever team you believe is the best and whoever gets the most votes. And we'll, we'll probably we'll be able to form a poll that allows you to kind of streamline your votes a little bit better because it's not just going to be, all right, who's the best? And then just like who who doesn't get the most votes. We'll streamline it a little bit more so we get actual seedings, one through eight. But then Ben and I are going to go through all the matchups. We'll take on these all 22s. We'll talk about some strengths and weaknesses, offense, defense, trenches, coaching staffs, everything, and we will get to an ultimate champion and crown the best division in the NFL. That's all coming up next week, but before then, we got Fan Friday. Make sure you hit us up on Twitter, at Tampa Bay Trey, at Benjamin Solak. Get your questions in. It's going to be a lot of fun. Until then, you guys keep it locked right here on Locked On NFL Draft.